Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand, to stand, to stand, to stand. Welcome to Stand in Christ. This is our Psalm series. And uh, if you're anything like me, the Psalms are just awesome. Uh, God really speaks to me through the Psalms in so many different ways. And it seems like no matter what I'm going through, he always leads me directly where I need to be in the Psalms, really encourages me, blesses me, teaches me, instructs me, and um, just speaks to me on a whole different level, really restores my soul through the Psalms. So I thought it'd be a really neat thing to just look at each psalm individually and just read what it says to us. So much to be learned in every single one in how we can walk closer and stronger in the Lord and trust in his promises too. So many promises and prophecy and just incredible stuff in the psalm. So let's get started with Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So Psalm 1 is obviously a psalm of instruction, telling us about good and evil, right and wrong, life and death. We can go God's way, or we can go the way of the flesh, walking in God's blessing versus walking in curses or walking in sin. We learn the result of both in Psalm 1. So let's break it down verse by verse. Psalm 1, 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So a godly person wants to walk in a relationship with the Lord and really abide in him. We want to live with the Lord every day of our lives. It should be something really 24-7. You know, the Lord is in our life. We're in communion with him, in prayer, reading his word, just seeking his direction for our lives. It's a real relationship. We want to abide in him. We want to stay in that relationship. We want to dwell in that relationship. It's a lifetime thing. It's not something where you want to live your own way all week long. And then on Sundays or maybe on Easter or Christmas, we want to get close to the Lord, right? Or maybe We want to live our own way, and then when something horrible happens or tragedy strikes, suddenly we're screaming out to God for help. You can do that too, and God certainly has ears to hear and to listen. But we're in such a better place when we are abiding in the Lord. We're walking with him. So again, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So it's pretty clear if we're walking with the Lord and we're walking closely in a relationship with him that we want to avoid evil. We want to avoid wickedness. We don't want to be a companion or an associate on a close level with those that live a sinful lifestyle. So what should that look like in the life of a Christian? We certainly need to love others and be a witness and be a living testimony for Jesus and for God's word. Of course, we want to do that. We want to be salt and light in the world, right? And the Lord tells us so. But we don't want to partake with them in their sinful ways. There needs to be a line that we don't cross. A follower of Christ should never, ever want to do that. And people are going to say, well, what about my friends that may not be walking with the Lord? What about my coworkers? What about neighbors? What about my family? Right? Well, obviously, we're going to love all these people the way that Christ wants us to love them. Certainly, our family members and our friends, we're going to show love to these people. But again, you're not going to compromise your walk with the Lord by walking in sinful lifestyles or doing sinful things along with these people. And so you got to be really careful because if you get into close relationships with anyone, you tend to start walking in the same way that they're walking. And before long, you find yourself really compromising in a lot of ways in your own walk. You know, the best way to look at this really ever is to just look in the word and see how Jesus related to those that, you know, were not followers at the time. He always had love. He always had grace. He always had open arms, but he was very clear about where he was going. And his love and what everybody was seeing in terms of the difference in him, that's what was attracting them to leave a sinful lifestyle and to follow him. And so that's what we need to be like too. And it's not that we don't show love to these people, and certainly to our family and our friends, and we want to show love to everybody. But we also always want to honor the Lord first and make sure that we're not walking you know, in the counsel of the ungodly. And what's the counsel of the ungodly, right? We're not going to collaborate with them. We're not going to partner with them. We're not going to look for advice from them. We're not going to be in a close relationship or a close friendship with the ungodly. If we do those things, we're giving approval to what they're doing in their life. Our witness is being destroyed. And it's eventually going to take a toll on us because it's going to draw us away from our walk with the Lord. And we're going to see the blessings of God you know, start to fade in our own life. So really important that we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Standing in the path of sinners, what does that mean? Well, we shouldn't walk in the same road as they do in our life, uh, doing the same things, uh, again, following their examples. We shouldn't even be in the same places where the sinful are headed, places where they like to congregate, you know, where sinners tend to find joy, and uh, express their sinful lifestyles, that shouldn't be something that a believer and a follower of Christ wants to be involved with. And if you truly are abiding in the Lord, you're not going to feel comfortable doing those things. So it's not going to be something that's tearing you apart. It's something that if you're really walking in the Lord and you know feeling his spirit within you every day, you're not going to feel comfortable doing those things anyway. We're not to sit in the seat of the scornful. What does scornful mean? The definition of scornful is an open dislike and disrespect or mockery, often mixed with indignation, an object of extreme disdain, contempt or derision, something contemptible. So bottom line with that, the scornful would be a mocking, blasphemous, contemptible attitude and behavior. So, you know, just a nasty person, 
or, or maybe somebody that's openly mocking, you know, Christianity or openly mocking the Lord or God's word or by their lifestyle, um, they're openly mocking it. The godly doesn't sit in fellowship with that person or occupy their seat themselves. We don't act that way ourselves. The believer doesn't associate with that type of person nor become that person. We don't sit with those that are comfortable in their sin. And I think that that's a big challenge for Christians today. Uh, Because I think especially here in the U.S., there seems to be a real tendency for everyone to go, well, you know, I'm not going to judge others. You're not judging others by wanting to follow the Lord in your own life and observing his word and walking in close fellowship with him in your own life. But we need to be in the world, but not of the world. So we're blessed when we avoid these paths in our own lives and stay far from getting into close relationships with those that are following sinful lifestyles. All right, let's pick up verse 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So not only are we not walking with the sinful, standing in their paths, sitting with them, giving approval to them, but our delight is in the law of the Lord. To be blessed, we want to make the law of the Lord, God's word, we want to make that our delight. It should be something that just empowers us and enriches our lives. It just restores our soul. When we do that, the Lord is going to be leading us and guiding our paths. His word is going to bless us abundantly because he's going to be directing our steps on a godly, righteous course. He's going to open the doors that lead to blessings, close the doors that lead to curses, but also we're going to naturally avoid the destruction that comes from walking in sin and the consequences that sin brings in our lives. I had a police officer one time many years ago share with me that, generally speaking, in his long career on the force, he rarely saw bad things happen to good people. And he was very clear. He wasn't meaning, you know, natural-type disasters or, or tragedies, um, you know, on the highway, things that you have no control over. He was meaning specifically, when you're living a good life, you're not walking with people that are involved with crime. You're not associating with friends or friends of friends that are associated with crime on some level or some kind of evil or wickedness in their life. It's going to be really rare for you to have some horrible things visited on you uh, from that lifestyle. His point was is that most of the crime scenes that he showed up to where good people had been gunned down or really had evil visited on them in some horrible way in their life, it was always that they were either somehow involved with criminal activity or they were involved with someone, either willingly or unwillingly, that was involved with criminal activity or maybe somebody that was a friend of someone that was involved with criminal activity. We're going to avoid all of the wickedness and evil that comes with walking in a sinful lifestyle and instead we're going to open ourselves to all the blessings and all of the wonderful things that God brings into our life when we follow him. We want to make sure our delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law we meditate day and night, right? And when we do that, we read, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So picture a tree that's planted by rivers of water. That tree is going to be so green 
it's constantly being fed. It's being nourished. It's just being blessed. It's going to be vigorous and vibrant and healthy. And that's what we want. We want to develop a thirst for the word of God. It alone should be what's able to really refresh us. We should be drinking in God's word daily and it's going to sustain us. It's going to give us life. And then as the next verses read, that tree will bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. So we're going to have fruit in our lives too. We're going to see God working through our lives for his glory. He's going to use us to be a witness, to touch others. Our lives in Christ are just going to be abundant. We're going to be useful and worthwhile. I mean, there's nothing that this world could offer that could be more incredible than having a life that's truly used of God Almighty. The creator of all things is then working through us and really using us for his purposes to bring him glory. We're going to see him move in incredible ways and touch others and and change the world around us. And that's really the life that we're supposed to be leading is in this incredible fellowship with God Almighty, with our creator leading and guiding our steps every day. There is no better life than that. There is no more valuable life than that. There is no more fulfilling life than that. And that's something that the world can never equal and can never take away. The word says our leaf shall not wither, right? So our witness, our lives, our usefulness and value will not wither. When you drink of the word of God, when you're walking in Christ and he's moving through you, you could not be more valuable. You are so beautiful. Your leaf will not wither. You will always be vigorous and powerful in the Lord because he's the one that's doing everything. He's moving through you, right? You could never be more powerful. You could never be more useful. Your life could never be more worthwhile than being used of the Lord. You're always going to be beautiful in him. No matter how old you are, no matter whatever you go through in your life, no matter what you've come from, because God cleanses you and refreshes you and makes you white as snow, you're just the most beautiful, incredible thing when you're walking in the Lord and he's moving through your life. My mom just turned 88 years old. We've been hearing this for years about her from everybody that sees her, total strangers, wherever we go. They'll say, what an elegant, beautiful woman she is. Now, my mom, she would say, oh, no, 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 don't say that about me, right? (laughs) Don't say that about me. But she has lived a life honoring the Lord. She loves him, and everybody sees the Lord in her. And it's not just believers that say it. It's it's non-believers. It's people that have never met her before. Um, They see her, and they just see the Lord in her, and it makes such an impact on people. And then here she is, and all the words that she shares are you know, words from the Lord, you know, it's, it's sharing a verse, it's encouraging them, you know, to honor the Lord with their life or just praying a blessing over them with total strangers. And you should just see the impact that it makes on people. It's incredible. And the Lord's moving through her. She could not be more beautiful than she is today. And she's going to be more beautiful tomorrow. Every day that goes by, the Lord just continues to move through her life and his word flowing into us and through us keeps us vital and valuable in all we do all of our days. That's just never going to change because it's the creator of all things living and moving through us. We're going to be like that tree planted next to rivers of water. You will never see a more beautiful tree, 
a stronger tree, a more fruitful tree, (laughs) a more valuable tree, because it's just gorgeous in every single way. And that's what the word of the Lord does to us when we abide in him and walk in him every day and allow his word to just fill us and come through us in everything that we do. Not only does it say that our leaf shall not wither, it also says whatever he does shall prosper. So to the one that makes the law of the Lord his delight, that meditates on the law of the Lord day and night, you're going to prosper. Being led by the Lord, God directing our steps. Has God ever failed? Ever once. Has he ever gotten it wrong? No. So in every way, whether it be business or spiritual endeavors, whatever it may be, if God is leading, it will prosper. His word tells us so. Now what's happened in the church is, A lot of people have spun off and decided to say, well, God's word says you're all going to be rich. You're all going to have a Ferrari and $3,000 suits, million-dollar mansions. That's really warping the word of God, and I think God is going to deal with people that are using his word incorrectly. But God's word does say that if you're making the law of the Lord your delight, you're meditating on it day and night, you're walking and abiding in the Lord, you're going to prosper. He's going to lead you and guide you in prosperous ways. God is sovereign. God knows what he's going to do with that, but I believe his word, and I know that his word is true, and I've seen that his word is true in my own life. It's not for us to dictate to God what he's going to do with our bank accounts or anything else. He knows what's best for us, but when we put him first and we put his word first in our lives, he is going to prosper us. He's going to lead us and guide us. We're going to be fruitful. We're going to prosper in all of our ways. His word tells us so, and his word is true. So the first half of this psalm is all amazing stuff for those that walk with the Lord, meditate on his word, don't walk in the paths with sinners. But the second half of the psalm really changes. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. What is the chaff? Chaff is the seed coverings and other debris that is separated from the seed when you're threshing grain. So it's really something that's looked at as being worthless. It's light. It just blows away in the wind. It's, it's trash. It's something to be thrown away, no value, toss it out. In some cases, chaff is so light, it's just so dried out and weightless, it literally just blows away in the wind like dirt on the ground. It holds no value even to be swept up. It's like nothing to be recognized at all. Well, how sad is that to think that the ungodly has a life that is just so worthless, just of no value. It's just something that can be blown away, not even worthwhile to sweep up. Just let it blow away in the wind and disappear. That's as worthless as it gets. So verse five, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So what's the word telling us here? Just in verse five, The ungodly will not stand in the judgment. Well, the evidence of their sinful lives and their unrighteousness and their rejection of God's law and Christ's gift of salvation is going to be immediately evident. They will have nothing to cover them in the final judgment before God, and they will not be able to stand. They will be utterly condemned. They will be cast away where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I heard a comedian one time who fancies himself really a sort of a great political mind and a real philosopher. He openly lives a really godless lifestyle, but he mocks the Lord 
and God's word with every opportunity. And he said one day, look, if God actually exists, then I have some questions for him one day. Okay. He has no idea what is coming. You know, one day this arrogant, ignorant soul is going to be confronted in the omnipotence of God Almighty. On his own merit, without the blood of Jesus to cover him, he will not stand in the judgment. And, and not just meaning he won't have anything to cover him in the judgment. He won't have Jesus as his advocate in the judgment. I believe he won't even be standing, literally standing on his feet in the judgment. I personally believe the glory and the awesomeness of God's power and the utter despair and horror of his own sinful condition will probably have him and everyone like him flat on their faces or flat on their backs. I doubt very seriously he will even be able to breathe, far less utter a word, to question God Almighty in that moment. But as the word says, he will not stand. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. God is going to separate us, the righteous in Christ and the ungodly saved and unsaved, heaven-bound and hell-bound. Sinners will not join or commune or gather in any way at all with the righteous one day. They will instead go to eternal damnation. And people say, well, why would a loving God send people to hell? This is just another warped, uneducated take on God's loving and merciful nature. By folks that really want to live apart from him, and justify their lifestyle without the worry of losing their souls. God tells us in his word that all are given free will. Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross for the sin of all mankind. And yet so many choose in this life to not accept him and his gracious gift of salvation. They instead choose to live apart from God. They do not want to live with him in this life at all. They have free will given by God to make that choice and they choose to live apart from him. Why then, upon death or the final judgment, would God take away their free will and force them to live with him forevermore in eternity? Sometimes I think common sense is too simple for some people, but the ungodly will get what they have wanted, separation from God. So he isn't sending anyone to hell. People are choosing to go to hell of their own free will. And it's tragic. Finally, in verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God leads and guides the course of the righteous. And that just blesses me in more ways than I have time to even express. Especially right now, in the world that we're living in, with all of the chaos, all of the commotion, all of the insanity, there just doesn't seem to be any wisdom anywhere. There certainly are very few people in leadership kneeling before the Lord and wanting to honor and serve him here in our country. But God leads and guides the course of the righteous. So I know every day for me, for my family, for those of us that are abiding in the Lord and honoring his word, he's leading us, he's guiding us, 
He's protecting us. He's blessing us. He's providing for us. It doesn't matter what happens in this world. We are guarded and protected and cared for by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator of all things. I could not be in a safer, more wonderful place. And I have peace and I have rest and I have joy in that no matter what's going on in the world around me. And this is part of the witness that people just, they can't understand. Well, how do you have this peace? Well, only through the Lord only through trusting and walking in him and and knowing his word, right? And this is the witness. This is the testimony. This is how we are lights in a dark world. People should see it in us and in our lives and in our countenance. They should see that peace that they can't possibly find or buy no matter what group they're a part of, no matter what they try to medicate themselves with from day to day. They should see a difference in us. And it only comes from knowing God Almighty is leading and guiding the course of the righteous. He leads us in his way. And that way results in blessing in this life and for all eternity. But again, the contrast, what's the last part of that verse? But the way of the ungodly shall perish. So man's way, the way of the ungodly, leads to curses and eternal damnation. That way ends in death. That way shall perish, and all who follow it will perish too. So Psalm 1, right? It's a psalm of instruction. To the godly, it leads to life. It leads to blessings, to abundance. To the ungodly, you're going to perish. Another example of what this psalm is teaching us was really shown to Joshua when Moses was sort of handing over control to Joshua there in Joshua 1.8. And he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Those are the words that Moses left Joshua with. And these are the words that God wants us to follow every day of our lives. How awesome is it to have the creator of all things speaking to us in his word and telling us, the simple, simple recipe to walking closer with him, seeing his power in our lives, just walking in peace and rest and abundance in God Almighty. It is such an awesome privilege. We need to be taking advantage of it every day and thanking God for it. His word is everything. I pray that this psalm really blesses you. It blesses me every time I read it. And I pray that it helps all of us to continue to go out each and every day and Stand in Christ. Stand in Christ is purely a volunteer ministry intended to share the truth and power only found in God's divine word. All effort in the production of podcasts is voluntary and offered to the glory of Christ alone.